0: My name is Chase. We have Jake, Sreyas, Sam, the Usuals, as well as Topher Aarons today joining us. Uh, Topher's a special guest who was also at the spring game. He's one of the former, or I guess, original founders of the Folsom Frenzy, um, sort of. He went to the University of Northern Colorado, but was really good friends with all of us. Has gone to more CU games than I would guess almost every CU student um, currently on the campus. Um, Bleeds black and gold, was born and raised just like the majority of us, or I think all of us, and being a CU fan his entire life. Um, so we're really excited to have him kind of hear his thoughts on, you know, the spring game where college football's heading and all that kind of stuff. But with that being said, welcome, Topher. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Chase. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and start out with some breaking news. Uh, today, we just found out that Montana Lamonius Craig has, in fact, decided to pull a Benedict Arnold and leave us all behind. <laughs> <laughs> bringing, oh, come on, really? Bringing, <laughs> bringing shades of Mel Tucker. Um, I think I'm oh, taking the midnight news. Mel, dude, are you kidding me? <laughs> midnight, I Mike, think yeah, I'm, I'm taking the news a little bit worse than everyone else. But I think um, so. He's he's decided to hit the portal. Obviously, we all know that that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to transfer. We also are aware that you know there's just a lot of wide receivers coming in through the portal. But I have to say, my first reaction will kind of run it around the horn. My first reaction is. I'm a little frustrated that he took a lot of first team reps away from guys that otherwise could have been having them yesterday, building chemistry with Shador, getting real live reps that matter in front of a crowd. It seems selfish that he took all those reps and then immediately hits the transfer portal the next day. So that's what I'm, Kind of frustrated about it. It's still raw. Um, but, you know, I know not everyone agrees with me. Strayus, what's your take on that?
1: Yeah. So that's the, the funny thing about all of this is I was super pumped on him yesterday. I think I posted a video with Sam from the stands at the game, talking about how hype we were about MLC. And then today I edited a video of his greatest CU moments and posted it probably about an hour or two before he posted the 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 news although it wasn't clear to us what actually happened at the time and it's it's clear now right it's abundantly yeah. clear now but it was just it's so nebulous, though, so vague.
2: when he tweeted it sorry i'm gonna jump in when he tweeted it he was with shadur and they were filming a live stream on instagram so super weird situation sorry to cut you off Therese.
1: yeah no it's just it, the whole thing was was very bizarre and it it was painful and I, chase it was wrong like i agree with you the fact that i had just invested myself in looking back at his greatest moments. I mean, he he had some great moments at CU. And we haven't had that many wins in the last couple of years, but he was a key part of those handful of wins against Oregon State, against Cal last year. Uh, uh, I think the the first video that I edited into that little compilation was actually a a great touchdown catch he he had against uh, Northern Colorado. Right, Topher? Um, Oh, yeah, he had that diving catch in front of the (laughs) pylon. But – as it were, it, it is very painful. He he mossed someone. I can't remember who he mossed yesterday, but it was just he just showed out. He looked so good. But the the reality is, when you look at the full totality of the influx, so there there's folks we haven't even seen yet, like Xavier Weaver. We haven't even seen him yet. Jimmy Horn Jr. was, I guess, had a hamstring issue, so he didn't play in the spring game. So. When you look at the entirety of it, it does it does kind of make sense why he might why he might leave and whatever we end up seeing against TCU later this year is not even going to remotely resemble what we see now. So it sucks as a fan, especially a fan of the last few years to have that emotional aspect losing that. But at the end of the day, it might be the best for everyone and
0: it sucks, but that might be the case. Yeah, I think just the extra knife knife twisting in the back was I saw a tweet just popped up in my timeline reminding us that it was the CBS tweet saying that pretty much everyone from that old roster has left except for MLC and uh, had his highlight of his 92 yard reception or whatever it was. And uh, th- that hurt a little bit extra as well. But Sam, what are your thoughts?
3: Um, well, obviously, I've, I want him to stay. You know, he's been a great buff. He stayed with stayed with us when other players didn't stay with us last year. You know, we, we had all those great players, Brendan Rice, Makai Blackman, they all left in the transfer portal, and Montana stayed then. Um, obviously, I wish the best for him in his future, and, you know, it's pro- it probably wasn't a split-second decision of, oh, the spring game happened, now I'm going to transfer. Like, it was probably something that was building up over the weeks, and maybe he was using the spring game as a way to show ca- showcase his talents on ESPN uh, on the biggest stage in sports to show other teams what he can do. Um, but in the end, he's not Coach Prime's guy. Coach Prime did not recruit him. Coach Prime has his own guys that he's bringing in, and I have faith in Coach Prime um, that he'll bring in wide receivers that will produce just as well.
2: I was I was just saying to Chase before we started filming, after seeing that spring game, MLC was I was going to come in here and be like, he's my dark horse to be the wide receiver one. So this really hurts. He, he would have been a huge contributor on this team. He went to Miami with Shador, and, and uh, who else went? Uh, there was another receiver. I can't remember who it was. But he was building the chemistry, and like he had a huge, game, huge play in the spring game. I was so excited for him, man. And he seems like a great kid, so wish him the best. But, man, this just sucks.
1: I even had fans of other teams who happened to see it on ESPN, the main channel mentioning how his name sounds like a key and peel sketch. And that was from someone who pays zero attention to CU football. football. <laughs> he, he's going to be a name wherever he goes. It, it just, it is painful. I hope it's not in the PAC 12. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Utah lock,
0: right? Right. USC oh, lock for
1: sure.
4: <laughs> one thing that I do want to say is uh, I, this makes me fearful that Jordan Tyson might be the next one to enter the portal. Um, because if we have a whole bunch of receivers coming in and he's sitting the right on the wall uh, where we lose him and where I would be most scared that we lose him to his Oregon, just because of how well he played against Oregon.
0: Yeah. I just don't know. Like for me, maybe it'll, it'll hurt less if it's not in the PAC 12, like you guys mentioned, if he transfers out, um, you know, and I think the other thing that we're discounting is that he's not 100% going to transfer out. He's exploring his options. It seems like he's got a pretty good rapport with, wear Sanders it for me it's just confusing you know you've you've proven in the spring game that you're going to be one of the top guys you've proven you've got that connection you can get those eyeballs there's going to be plenty of eyeballs on you here if you're looking to get to the NFL so I guess for me it's just surprising more than anything else I don't understand the the strategy behind it but you know maybe he's just genuinely not happy looking for a change of scenery whatever that is uh it's just hard for me to imagine that it's it's football opportunity because there was no no lack of usage for him. Um, yesterday in that game. Jordan Tyson's one of those question marks where by the time he actually comes back from that ACL tear, who knows um, what that relationship's going to be like.
2: You just have to add, uh, Ryan Konigsberg of DNVR had a great point in that he thought that more people would transfer out after the spring game. Spring game was on ESPN. What a great spot to showcase your talent and your skill set. MLC did that exact thing, right? He had, I think, over 150 receiving yards for the spring game. Man, yeah. did he make a statement on ESPN. Uh, so I don't think this is the end and we do need some more attrition. Uh, I think we're, I think we need like two more guys to be even with a scholarship count, but we're bringing in more people. Obviously that doesn't include Shiloh Sanders. And I think there is a rule, correct me if you guys know, but I think if a new coach comes in, you have a buffer of 10 scholarships, uh, where you can switch them to academic if they're not on the football team. So there's some wiggle room there, but I don't think this is the end. I think we're going to see some more guys transfer out. As Coach Prime also said, he said the team's not going to look the same uh, when we're playing TCU. So it is a it, it is a huge surprise, but I think it's just the beginning, and hopefully we can we can gain the talent back through the portal. Uh, we we know Coach Prime has done a great job of that. So at least we have Coach Prime at the helm, right? I mean, two years ago when Christian Gonzalez transferred out uh, and Mark Perry and all these studs are transferring out, we did not we did not have Coach Prime. So everyone was panicking for good reason, and I think just to give Buff fans a little bit more at ease, like we have Coach Prime at the helm, it'll be okay. We're we're gonna we're gonna be a lot better team next year, no matter who's on this roster.
3: Yeah, Coach Prime said his he, the baggage he was bringing was Louis, not Lamonius that's <laughs> jesus christ
0: uh, oh my God. <laughs> so with, with that zinger uh joke of the day for sure i think we're good to move on three of us here uh, were able to go to the spring game in person uh Topher, sam and sarayas were all there jake and i were able to watch the broadcast so you know go ahead we'll, we'll get started with our our first reactions biggest thoughts takeaways from that spring game uh Topher being our guest you want to go ahead and lead us off
4: the energy inside folsom was absolutely incredible um so I left, I live in Greeley. I'm a graduate from Northern Colorado, which is why Shreyas was digging at me earlier when CU played Northern Colorado. I will say both times in my lifetime that UNC has played Colorado. We played you tough for three quarters, <laughs> but um, no, I'm a, I'm a Buffs fan through and through. I was born a Buffs fan. So I love, I will always wear black and gold to those games. Anyways, um, I left from Greeley at 10.30 thinking I would get there at 11.30. It gave me plenty of time to tailgate and uh, walk around. Um, with the traffic and how many people were coming in, I didn't get to my parking spot until about 1220. Um, And then from there, I was just like, well, I guess we're just walking straight into Folsom. Um, Game day atmosphere, it felt just like a game day. There was tailgaters everywhere, uh, people walking in and people were excited, despite the fact that it was 30 degrees and chilly out.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, from the the TV aspect, at least, it was very clear that I was surprised fans got there early you know it used to be we're all the Folsom Frenzy alumni and so we used to be the students who would get there pretty much when gates opened and then we would be the only people in the entire stadium for what felt like an hour and a half you know they would open the gates two hours before kickoff we'd be alone for an hour and a half and then everyone else would show up for the last you know 30 minutes or into the game so it was kind of cool to see at least on tv that it filled up really quickly my understanding is that it was kind of hard to even find seats to sit down um other than the you know the visiting seats that people seem to just ignore um it, it looked pretty full in
3: there yeah like i think saraias and i got into the stadium maybe at 12 30 something like that saraias
0: something like so that.
3: because yeah. we were we we're looking for seating that saraias could sit in because he has a broken foot and can't put any weight on it and we got in there at 12 30 and like the whole 100 level lower bowl was full um, so I'm sure many of you guys have seen the video of Sereys climbing down the <laughs> stairs, because um, he wanted to sit at the top of the 200 level because that would be more most comfortable for him. Um, so we he, he it was uh, like a scene out of maybe a, maybe a a new Rocky movie, maybe like Rocky <laughs> Nine, <laughs> featuring Sirius, Um crawling <laughs> crawling like Rocky crawling up the flight of stairs all the way to the top of the 200 level. And by the time the gate, by the time it started, and it, it started late too. I think it started. Yeah like 115 but it like, was it was yeah. full. Like it was it was crazy
1: yeah i think i was definitely surprised about how much snow there was I, I didn't realize that it had like we got it was like three inches so they hadn't cleared off any of the bleachers when we got there and you i mean I, i'm glad i wore my snowboarding pants so I, I was good you know i was very waterproof which came, also came in handy for uh, crab crawling the stairs <laughs> so but at the same time there was a lot of snow and to be honest with you when we first got there Sam I was looking around and thinking all right this is probably going to be a little bit later arriving crowd and I bet it's not going to be full that that was my that was like my inner impression of what I saw and that was absolutely not what happened by the time the national anthem and by the time that I think I think the first thing was the the kickoff practice it was just packed and and everyone knows that what people do at in GA at any CU game is they'll get the cheapest tickets to get into the stadium, and then they'll pack in like sardines into the student section. And that's basically what happened. You could see from, from where we were at the top of the 200 level, you could look around at the upper rim and see a couple empty bleachers, but that student section was insane. It was just completely packed. It was loud. People were into it. It was a super, super exciting, energetic crowd.
3: The snowballs were going?
1: The snowballs were going crazy. So that that's the other point about there, there being three inches on the ground. There, you have to clear the snow somehow. You might as well throw it, I guess, right? In classic CU fan fashion. You got to love it.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, just from the, from the TV aspect, it was disappointing to see that Ralphie didn't run. Uh, I'm glad that they kept her safe, obviously, but – would have been cool we were kind of talking about this in our our uh twitter live that we did prior to the the game starting but that was effectively a two-hour three-hour uh infomercial for the university of colorado so it was kind of cool that you know it was on espn but it would have been nice if uh ralphie could have run but peggy getting that opening kickoff was not a bad um, compromise i'm sure they would have done that either way but i'm pretty cool as far as that's concerned kind of moving into you know the football itself what were your guys' thoughts as far as you know the, the gameplay obviously the the way that we did it was a little bit different. My understanding is that they kind of changed at the at the last minute to do, um, instead of a true scrimmage, that more modified version just for the safety of the players. That's what they talked about, at least on the broadcast. So, you know, what were you guys' thoughts as far as, you know, who, who impressed you? You know, what was your your, your biggest takeaways from that?
3: Um, one thing that Sorayas and I noticed was um, how comfortable Shadur Sanders was throwing to Travis Hunter and how much of a focal point Travis Hunter was on offense. There would be... I think there was like seven straight passes to Trevor's, to Travis Hunter in a row. And they go, like, oh, here comes another pass to Travis Hunter because he's always open. So I think I think my prediction of Travis Hunter lead, leading the team in wide receiving yards could come true um, if we take anything from the spring game. Um, that's That was my main takeaway. Obviously, Stritzer's arm strength and just seeing a real quarterback for the first time in my um, career here at CU after living through the last couple years of quarterback playing – Play was very, very refreshing to see. But yeah, very excited to see what Travis Hunter can do on both sides of the ball.
2: Yeah, just to add to that, uh, I think Travis Hunter is going to be a safety safety net. Uh, but I think at the same time, Jimmy Horn is going to have to step up, especially with MLC leaving. Uh, same thing with Sadio Triore. Did Sadio play at all, guys? Like, he He's a guy where if we're going to talk like stock rising and falling, he didn't do anything out there. I don't know if he played or...
1: I didn't see him um, out there. I didn't see him okay. out there.
2: Yeah. That was one guy I would have loved to see out there uh, or, or see more of. So, uh, but one, one other guy that really impressed me was Dylan Edwards. I, I called it on our Instagram live before the spring game. I said Dylan Edwards would bust a 20 plus yard run. And sure enough, he did. Money, and he, you could see the well-up video that, that Bucky Deion Sanders jr. Was like all day, every day. So it seems like every day in practice, he's been busting those runs and, Man, I feel like you got to make him RB1 at this point. We'll see, we'll see how uh, how smoke is once it comes in, but man, is he making a name for himself.
4: Absolutely. Um, yeah, piggybacking off of that, like I rewatched the the ESPN broadcast um so I could be there live to feel the atmosphere but then also get a little bit look at the technical side. And something that Dylan Edwards does extremely well is the way he presses the gaps to set up his blocks and he's quick enough to burst through the smallest hole. Um, So on both of those big runs that he had, he just waited for that um, linebacker to engage in the block and then he cut the opposite way. Um, So I, I see him as like a first down second down back and then Hankerson looked really, really good in the red zone. Um, He's running with his, he's running downhill with his shoulders down. So I I expect that Hankerson will be the leading rushing touchdown uh, this season and that Dylan Edwards will probably lead us in rushing yards.
0: Completely agree. Um, I think, you hit it right on the, on the head. I think Hankerson will be that, that big down back. I think Hankerson's more of an every down back. I think Dylan Edwards is a speed guy. Um, You know, he's, he's clearly impressive, but he's small. He's got um, plenty of room to grow. um, So it'll be exciting to see him kind of develop throughout the time, but uh, he's, he's clearly ready to go, um, you know, week one. The other guy that kind of surprised me that I wasn't really looking out for was Estes. The wide receiver had a, a few really solid grabs. I hadn't really been even, you know, he wasn't even on my radar to be completely honest. He's a, a freshman coming in, but I was really impressed by him. You know, Montana Limonius Craig kind of stole the show um, and broke my heart earlier today, but I got to tell you, you know, Estes looked really good for a guy that no one's really been talking about and what is going to be an absolutely stocked wide receiver room. So
1: Dylan Edwards, that's a great point, Topher. You look, he looked really good. So one thing that is really fascinating to me about dylan edwards i think i pointed this out in a group chat that we had uh so he's he's from kansas right there's another guy who's from kansas who had a very long and successful career both at kansas state and the nfl named darren sproles dylan edwards is a little bit bigger but I see a lot of that same game in him, just like that quick burst right through the hole blazing speed, maybe a little smaller, but maybe not, not nearly as small as Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles is like my size. He's like five, six. <laughs> so it's True. a big difference, big difference, but uh, really excited to see him, him play that way. Uh, other takeaways. So I think I, I think I hit on a lot of these points as mentioned earlier in that quick recap that we had from the stands with Sam, but the, the whole first-team offense looked really good. Obviously, Montana looked really good, so that's that's disappointing. But uh, Travis Hunter's usage was very interesting, and uh, Shadur, with his accuracy and arm strength, very, very impressive. So where, where I start getting concerned, but maybe I shouldn't, concerned in terms of what I saw, but knowing that there's going to be changes made is depth. I was not impressed with the second stringers on either side of the ball at all. And frankly, it makes sense. So lost a ton of players in the, in the week leading up to the game. And frankly, the second stringers were last year's team. And they just, they looked like last year's team. They really struggled. I mean, so thinking back, I don't want to be too revisionist on that huge touchdown reception from MLC, but he was open by like 15 yards. There was no one even remotely close to him. That is a busted coverage that you absolutely cannot have. And any Pac-12 team, especially now that Pac-12 is is kind of back up, at least for this year before USC and UCLA leave, they will they will all exploit that. So that's concerning, along with the the, the place kicking. Oh, my goodness. That was hideous.
2: Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. To, uh, Sreyas, I'm curious, what did you think of Brian Staub? He was one guy that really stood out for me on the second team. I was really impressed with him as a true freshman. seems like he's beating out Drew Carter a little bit, but yeah. What what are your thoughts there?
1: I I thought Staub looked okay. He had good poise. He made some good, good short throws, good accuracy. It's it's really hard to tell though from a spring game, especially since I think a lot of the time that he was out there, he was playing against the second or maybe even third strings, a lot of walk-ons. I know they did have a, a couple runs against that the first string defense, and there's gonna be a lot of turnover there too. So who knows? But in terms of in terms of that backup that you really badly need, and there's a lot of speculation, maybe we need a, a backup quarterback from the portal because there's just there's nothing there. I, I like what I saw. Uh, it's hard for me to draw further judgment though. How about you? What did you think?
0: Well, I'll just hop in there. I, I thought Stobb actually, I, I, I was talking to Jake about this while we were watching the game together. I, he really impressed me. I thought he looked fairly poised in the pocket. My suspicion though, is that he looked better on TV than he must've been in the stands because everyone I've talked to that actually went to the game was very under underwhelmed. And I think most of the people I've talked to that watched the game on TV were pretty impressed. I thought he saw the field pretty well. I thought he had some zip on his balls, you know, and the other thing is you have to remember, yeah, he was playing a few against the third string, but they also played against the first first string defense. So, um, you know, Topher you've, you've watched the game in the stadium as well as on TV. What were your thoughts on stop?
4: I, I like him. I, he shows a lot of potential. Um, he, he has a bigger frame, which you could see much more clearly on TV than in the, in the stands. Um, and his, his touchdowns that the touch that he puts on the passes are definitely something that, um, was really nice to see. Um, so I think he's a great QB too. Right. And I think there's clearly things that he needs to learn, um, in order to get to that point. And I think part of the other reason why he looked so unimpressive is a, he was going against first stringers, but B Shador looked so much better. Worlds better, right? Like when Shador throws that long ball, Yeah. You'll notice if the quarterback doesn't quite have the strength, you'll see it lob up a lot. So Montez was especially susceptible to this. He, he lobbed a lot of his balls, not that he didn't have the strength, but he would always rely on that. When Shador throws a long ball, it's low and it's fast. Um, and I think Staub kind of has still has that little lob to his, uh, passes, which is just not as impressive in person, but you can see from the stats he, he did really well. The other thing that I thought we did, uh, really well is our offensive line. Um, only gave up one sack uh, during the game. Um, Not that they didn't break down. They they gave up some pressures, but they only gave up one sack. I don't know if that's more of a comment on, Um, how our O-line is doing, or the fact that we desperately need a pass rusher. Additionally, our defense did not throw anything technical at them. There was no stunts, no um, twists, nothing like that. Um, It was very, very generic. A lot of cover two, a lot of cover three, and just straight rushes. Um, So you can see pass rush-wise, we don't have the technical ability to get around those blockers. So um, I really do expect in transfer portal for us to be looking for pass rushers here in the next couple weeks.
3: I need yeah. to cut in before. I need to cut in before Chase it says anything and uh, address probably the, my number one personal rule of no Mo- Stephen Montes slander allowed. There is, nobody, <laughs> there is nobody that can throw a ball harder than Stephen Montes. Uh, challenge not,
4: Cody Hawkins.
3: no, Stephen, <laughs> I've seen Stephen Montes throw a ball eighty five yards in warm-ups. Is and during the game, it it might not talented. have been going. It might not have been going to a CU player. It could have been going to a, a person <laughs> on the sidelines. It could be a person on the other. In scene. the it could be the ref. More than likely, it could be in the anybody. Stands. But do not challenge Steven Montez's arm strength. I guarantee you can throw it farther <laughs> than Shooter Sanders.
0: A lot of uh, eighty-five mile per hour balls that went absolutely nowhere and played in zero meaningful games. So Steven Montez's legacy, I guess, um, is Was, just that he oh. threw really fast. But, Was the
3: win at Oregon in two thousand sixteen not fair, meaningful? Fair enough
0: um but you know going back to the spring game we'll, we'll kind of talk you know let's talk about the defense as well I was thoroughly unimpressed um by the defense generally I did think that they hit really hard which I, I thought was kind of refreshing um you know the, the tackles were mean um and it, it felt like they kind of meant to even in a, in a practice game where you wouldn't really expect that as much but I got to tell you I it looked very similar to last year as far as you know, even the second team running against our first team offense, or, or excuse me, the second team offense running against the first team defense, getting a lot of yards on the ground, um, you know, within the running game. They had a lot of blown coverages that just should not be happening uh, when you're playing at this, against the second team offense. So, you know, that, that was a little bit underwhelming. You know, I know Tilford mentioned that they didn't really throw anything crazy or wild out there, and it's a spring game, so you're not going to really demonstrate that. But I was I was kind of surprised. I expected that that group to play better. I know we need some pass rush, something awful. Um, but I was a little surprised by how poorly the linebacker core played. At least that's my perception.
4: Okay. So the linebacker core, I think, did okay. Um, I, they're just – they look athletic. They don't look big, um, which I think led to them getting pushed around uh, quite a bit. Um, the uh, – you has touched on it a little bit, the, the blown coverage on the MLC 98-yard touchdown, like – on the rewatch, it, it, that's definitely basic fundamentals of a cover two. The the corner usually has the flats, um, and he should be watching the slot. Um, and the slot took off and ran like a crosser across the field, and so immediately he needs to know to carry um, MLC, and he didn't. Um, so there are just things there that I don't think Cormani will make those mistakes. Um, but I, as far as linebackers go, yeah, we definitely need to get some bigger guys, I, I think is my assessment.
0: One last thing, Um, you know, I'm curious what your take is, Topher, because you've been a a place kicker um, in high school and then in another league as well, but what were your thoughts on, you know, obviously it was a disaster and a half, but it wasn't necessarily completely on the kickers, or at least that was kind of your reaction, is that correct?
4: Uh yeah, so on the first watch, the first block, the PAT, I would probably attribute that fifty percent to blocking, fifty percent to Mata. He is slow when he approaches the ball. He waits half a second before he starts to attack it, which allowed the guy to get through his blocks. Now that being said, um, the the wing on that field goal needs to block down and not give up the inside gap. And both of the blocks happened because the inside gap was given up. Um, as far as place kicking, watching them warm up and watching them kick, I think Jace, um. Looks by far and away the best place kicker. I know he missed one um, wide right, um, which is never something you want to see, but he gets the ball off faster, a little bit um, higher up, um, and just something that you want to see from a place kicker. Outside of place kicking, my biggest worry is that their kickoffs didn't even make it to the 10-yard line. Um, And so I play in a semi-professional league in Colorado, and every kicker in this league can get it inside the 10. So the fact that um, a power five division one school can't find a kicker to kick at altitude that can get it out of the end zone is simply unacceptable.
2: All right. With that, let's, uh, let's transition to the recruiting aspect of the spring game before the spring game even kicked off. The bus received one commitment from Tristan Marius. I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, but he's a DB from, or sorry, not a DB, uh, Robert Moore, Morris, defensive end transfer. And then I think they got a DB, right, from the SEC, you guys? Kentucky, uh, I want to say? A
4: safety, yeah, a safety.
2: Right, a safety from Kentucky before the spring game kicked off. So this weekend they got two commits and hopefully more coming. Uh, but only over uh, 70 official visitors, I believe over five or four or five five stars, and I believe it was over 15 four stars. Uh, Also, in recent news, four-star athlete LaMason Waller just tweeted out, or I guess it was part of the 247 story. He, he said, I uh, quote, Colorado is the top school to beat for me. So obviously it went well for this recruiting weekend. I was checking the weather leading up to it solely for recruiting. I wanted it to be a warm and also I wanted the flat irons to be visible. looks like they were visible the day before the spring game and the day after. So I think hopefully some players saw that or recruits, I should say. But yeah, what are you guys overall thoughts of just the recruiting implications
0: Without a doubt, having Folsom Field full is a big deal. I don't think the weather at the end of the day is that big of a a deal breaker. I think those players are expecting it to be cold. Um, My understanding is that it was quite cold, you know, actually there at the field, which is unfortunate because Prime's whole thing has been that it's not that cold, even when it snows. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to know that Colorado is going to be colder than those SEC schools that we're recruiting against now. But You know, I I think the the atmosphere was electric. I think they did a great job of showcasing, you know, the famous people that came back. I don't think that's a small thing to these 18 year old kids deciding where they want to go. You know, we're kind of entering the next phase of Prime's recruiting where he's going to start having to recruit from high school, not just bringing all these transfers, right? And maybe, you know, moving forward, they might rely on transfers more heavily. But either way, you got to start building that high school recruiting pipeline. So it seems like they did a really good job of that. There was certainly no shortage of people coming out to Boulder to check it out, but we, the fans definitely put on a show for them. I think it was a good look for us overall. Um, you know, lots of access. I thought Prime giving Cormani that shout out in the in the TV broadcast was pretty clever. Um, you know, obviously he's coming either way, but to get him excited to be here. Um, and Cormani was there at the game as well. But um, overall, I, I think it was a really solid day for us recruiting wise. Um, so not, nothing to complain about, but it pretty much went how I think we probably expected it to go beforehand.
2: Yeah, and with that Cormani shout out, Prime specifically said, we're gonna see Travis play both ways. You hear that, Cormani? So I hope every five star who's a wide receiver, DB, whatever, whoever wants to play both both ways, maybe a tight end DE combo. Prime, Prime will let you play both ways. If you're if you're a hard worker and, and want to do that, come to see you.
4: On the broadcast itself, they even asked Shador um what he thought of this crowd. And he he was like, I'm shocked that you know, this many people came out to a spring game after there was like three inches of snow and it was about 30 degrees um, when people started piling in. Um, so I think that just speaks volumes to if people, if, if the recruits want to come play for a fan base that will support them to the ends of the earth, I, I think we definitely accomplished that. At, we as a fan base will do that.
3: Yeah, and I was really happy the weather was good today. Yeah, the weather today was like 50 and sunny and you could see the flat perfect. It was a perfect boulder spring day today. So I'm glad they at least got to see if they stayed the entire weekend they got to see what it's like most of the time in the spring. And also that also the dedication of the CU fans that even if the weather's bad, they will be there to support you no matter what, which I think is huge for recruiting as well.
1: Yeah. For me, big takeaway is just the energy of the crowd. Um, I, I'm not going to read too much into what, what recruits have been posting on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. I think it's abundantly clear to me that Prime and his team and the university, they did everything in their power to show off our university and their vision for the program. And by all accounts, people responded to that in kind and, and we're very impressed. And now at this point, I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Uh, I think it's, it's abundantly clear to anyone that this is no longer the CU of the last 20 years. Whatever is happening here is completely different. This is a new era and we're all beaten down, right? So we've all, that's why we've been reacting so, so heavily to the MLC news, right? It's just, it's brutal. It's brutal to see that because in the past we've been bitten by that exact type of thing, but this is a totally new era. And we're gonna see all of these new transfer portal influx. And I understand that the NIL aspect. So I think we lost out on Barry Alexander today to USC. We can't compete with USC when it comes to NIL. They got money beyond belief. And it's a totally new era in that aspect as well. So there's there's kind of that going on. That that makes me just say, I just want to see where the chips land.
0: Yeah, I think there's also a long-term implication, right? As far as being on ESPN, there's going to be people across the country, you know, kids in eighth grade, you know, freshmen in high school that are going to be, you know, prospects one day that are getting a, a look at Colorado for the first time, seeing Deion Sanders dancing on the field, like seeing how fun the atmosphere is. So, you know, being on a big network is a big deal, um, which unfortunately, you know, depending on what happens with conference realignment, all that kind of stuff might become more and more rare. But, you know, getting on ESPN and having that kind of coverage when other, you know, big schools are are not getting on ESPN, right? Alabama's on ESPN Plus, we're on ESPN. Those are things that are gonna have long-term payoffs as well that I think are you know, less tangible right now, but a great look for the University of Colorado um, for, for the long-term as well.
2: So quick break from the spring game talk. I have breaking news. Chase Sewell Soul, Soul, just declared that he's entering the portal. I think his dad was actually in our Twitter competition for the best CU fan accounts. So that's that kind of makes ironic sense. but i yeah just mention it it wouldn't be this the the only transfer out with mlc uh i so mean yeah, he's not he gonna did.
4: see the field chase wouldn't see the field he didn't really see the field last year and he hadn't made any plays yet so
2: it's gonna be
3: tougher his dad to win next year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, gonna it's gonna be that's gonna, gonna, gonna be my dark horse It's gonna be an uphill <laughs> climb uphill climb next year so wish him yeah. the best
0: tough to see a chase leave you know i think everyone's huge fans of chase generally um but i agree like you know there's there's been a lot of really good attrition right so that's that's one of those good attrition i think montana limoni Craig, to my in my opinion is really the only attrition that's actually hurt so far but best of luck to him cole
4: becker um, cole the attrition day.
0: cole becker hurts even worse now after seeing the spring game so i guess those are the two yeah. that really hurt but like like jake had mentioned earlier you know even in this podcast we needed to get those scholarships down so if, you know that's not the end of the world best of luck to him when he's playing at weber state or wherever he goes next Maybe Northern Colorado,
1: (laughs) maybe CSU at
2: this rate. Utah. I feel like everyone that transfers out goes to our rivals. (laughs) At the end here, we'll talk about some recent basketball news related to that. (laughs) Uh, But switching back to the spring game, really quick. uh, Sam, Sereus, Topher, what was the atmosphere like before the game? I know there were a lot of activities. Sounds like I think some of you guys didn't have a lot of time, and it sounds like the lines were huge. So yeah, could you guys just paint a picture for us how it looked before the game? Uh, insane
1: is insane lines. It was just ridiculous. I think so obviously I was on crutches. I really struggled getting all the way up from where I parked up to up to the IPF in time. But even our friends who we went to the game with that got there 15-20 minutes early, they couldn't they couldn't get uh to the end of the line and get autographs at the end. So I think we ended up fairly close but yeah. the line kind of wrapped all the way back around the field at that point and there were people still in line i mean they could have been there they could have kept this going for another 2 hours and there might still have been people who didn't get to get uh, autographs from the legends it was unbelievable it was i just i've never seen anything i've never seen anything like it you know uh it's it was mind-boggling
3: yeah there're probably more people in the ipf when we were there, than there were at the last three or four spring games combined. But there were so many people packed in there. They had people like the line for the autographs was all the way around like the track. And then inside they had like little field games, like they had cornhole or they had um, spike ball. And it was packed with people.
1: Now, I think because of the weather, they did move the field day indoors. That might have also been a contributor. Yeah. But it's kind of that. So that also makes you wonder about what the campus would have looked like. If the weather was was good, it might have been outrageous. It might have been like the 420 celebrations like 12 years ago, where you know 12,000 people came in from out of town and just took over Norland Quad. Except now it's for football. It's just unbelievable. You know, it's hard to wrap your mind around that happening in Boulder.
2: So with that, we have some other breaking news. This this is uh, basketball related news, but Nick Clifford just announced that he is transferring to Colorado State. So another player leaving for a rival
1: school. What are you guys' thoughts? Good move for him. Who cares for us? He was yeah. he, he was he just didn't get better. You know, he was a four-star have, recruit. He was very highly he was very highly touted. Um, should have
4: come to Northern Colorado. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, like Dalen Koontz. and who know. Oh, I, I feel like there's a pipeline there,
4: right? There is a pipeline. Also, UNC is going to be bad. He would have been the guy. He would have had the ball in his hands every single time. He should have come to UNC.
1: God, he just never got better. He's no. never got better. I, and yeah, I wish him the best. And I'm sure that he'll he'll be able to elevate that team. I think that CSU also brought in another actually brought in a bunch of guys like Colorado high school preps and who played at other colleges and they transferred in. I think they brought in standout and D2. I think he was one of the best D2 players, kind of like a Derek White situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so good for them. It's it doesn't it doesn't move the needle for CU at all. Yeah. He He just like he didn't get better. He just yeah. didn't get better.
3: I wonder why he didn't get better. What? Did they have a creepy coaching? <laughs> Jake. coaching? Jake. Jake? Is this really fall on Tad Boyle? Is, is yeah, this the for, last for the people
0: listening, Jake is foaming at his mouth right now. He's so rabid and angry at Tad <laughs> Boyle. Neat uh, Clifford wanted- went to CSU? Just, you know i i understand that it's it, it's not good for our program right it's going to open up another scholarship spot he, he was pretty much a non-contributor but i'm so tired of players going to colorado state or these or usc or or you know Utah. that's what's that's what's i'm just over yeah. it i don't care you I'm should be able hungry. to you should be able to dictate their lives you no, be I, it's, dictate just... They <laughs> it's just right after M- mlc you know we've got we've got judas and benedict Arnold all around us. <laughs> <laughs> Have Midnight
4: mail Tucker. It,
0: it, there's probably
3: hey, Benedict Arnold. bet Arnold was a contributor. He won some battles. Yeah, Nick, okay. Clifford, Nick Clifford does not win battles. He gets boxed out.
0: <laughs> oh was a God. contributor. <laughs> anyway, with that breaking news covered, we're going to move on to our draft segment. uh We're doing three rounds today with the best. You, it's it's pretty open. This one's pretty open. So it's your favorite spring game attendees. We're going three rounds. Um, as always, we we're going to let our guests select like, first in Topher. It's going to go Sam, myself, Jake, and then Sreyas. Um, So with that being said, Topher, you're on the clock. Who's your uh, Who's your pick? We already know who it is, but go ahead.
4: Uh, yeah, so because I'm a specialist, I'm a kicker, um, I'm 1,000% going to take the kicker that inspired me to become a kicker, and that's Mason Crosby.
3: It's go Buffs, baby. Which a
0: g- great pick. Great pick. Doesn't matter further introduction. Hard Sam, hard
3: so I'm up, right? Yeah. All right, well, was very nice of a, a Tofer to pick the second best kicker at that game because I'm going to pick Peggy. Oh, the, dude, what a great big pick. Big, Stole and, my pick. Stole uh, my pick. By far the most impressive special teams play on the day for the kicking team. Without a doubt. Uh, I, I was glad the referees did not throw a flag for the ball, not going 10 yards before it was touched. It was very nice <laughs> of them to miss that penalty, but I'm going to pick Peggy with my number one pick.
0: Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. I was really hoping that she'd follow me. Um, and,
2: I, and I just love the presser, too. Prime shouted out that she was the MVP. Yeah. She was uh, smart, tough, fast, and disciplined. Just really great execution out there by Peggy. Great job.
0: Yeah, I think uh, so. With my pick, I'm going to take kind of a dual threat. Um, this guy's both a movie star and um, starting alignment in the NFL. Go ahead and give me uh, David B., the greatest. Beer drinker mm. in Boulder history, people are saying. I don't know. That's a hot take, but he he definitely can put him away. Number sixty nine on the field, number one in our hearts. Go ahead, Manny,
1: <laughs> David Bactiari. is a good pick. Great, he is, he's he's quite pick. a character. You know the, the the funny thing is back when 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 he was still at CU, I think the year before he entered the draft was that twenty twelve season where they went one and eleven, and I think Daniel Munier was on that team too. It's just mind-boggling to think back that these two actual like veteran NFL players, especially David Bakhtiari, highest-paid offensive lineman in the league at one point, were on that just atrocious team. It's kind of crazy. All right, Jake, who you got?
2: So for my first-round pick, going with Cordell Stewart.
1: Yeah, great pick. That's a great pick. That is definitely a good pick. All right, is it cheating to take Coach Prime? Because he is a celebrity. No, no it's pretty open. open. It's pretty open. (laughs) I got I got to do it. So like in a vacuum, just imagine he wasn't CU's coach. Just imagine he wasn't CU's coach. Deion Sanders shows up to your spring game. That would be electric, right? That would be super electric. He'd be out there like inspiring people with all his just amazing words. He just has his way's words, you know, but he's our coach. That's just so crazy. I still can't wrap my head around it. It's mind boggling. I'll take coach prime and I know we could almost take it for granted now, but now, now that I think about it, it just still blows my mind to bits that he's here. Just so crazy.
0: You know what, Strice? We're gonna we're gonna snake draft this. So you get to pick again after you just hyped up Coach Prime. No, no pick that you take here could possibly live up to what you just did.
1: Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> oh man, now oh, I'll take Rick Ross. Yeah,
0: that's a great pick.
2: And now <laughs> I'm not prepared. That was gonna be my pick. <laughs> oh man, that's a good pick. Oh man, I am just oh lost for words. You know what? I'm gonna go with another CU legend with my second pick. Going with Michael Westbrook, one of the best mm. CU receivers of all time.
0: With the most important catch of all time as well. Oh yeah. Um that's a great pick. You know what? I'm I'm gonna throw the draft here purely out of spite. Um, I'm gonna take a CU legend. Um absolutely has my heart, also has a very important catch in CU history. Securing a singular win against Cal last year. Uh, go ahead and give me former CU legend Montana Lamonius. No. After
2: <laughs> oh. 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 <laughs> calling it Judas, <laughs> he's going
4: <be laughs> to. Referring to him as Benedict Arnold uh. takes him in the second round.
0: Uh. This draft is over. <laughs> and I, you he know, was I was going to wait till so the third crazy. round, but I knew Sam was taking him if I didn't take him right there. So
3: that was really that was that was the one pick I had. Um, but I guess I'm on Twitter right now and it looks like Jawan Johnson, a four-star cornerback from, um, he is from, uh, Louisiana has just decommitted from CU after this weekend. Oh, um, so he might be up there for me, but I think I'm going to take Terrell Davis. I'm going to take the best Broncos <laughs> running back in CU history. I mean, it's not CU history in the Broncos history, University of Georgia legend. Glad he could make it out for the CU spring game. Wow, that's a bombshell. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm pulling up Twitter, man. I'm shook. That that's brutal. I guess he doesn't like the cold.
3: <laughs> yeah. Mood killer. Jeez. I was tempted to take him, but I think it's two, five minutes ago. It was a little too fresh to, he, might, he definitely won't want to stay in Colorado. So
4: I'm going to pick based. That. I get two picks here, right? I'm going to, I'm going to pick based on um, memories that I've shared with these players uh, from that 2016 season. So, First, give me LaVisca Chenault, um, because that 2016 year when uh, Chase and I were in the stands just shouting LaVisca Chenault for Heisman, uh, it's a core memory for me. I'll I'll remember those days forever. And then um, give me Isaiah Oliver with the first punt return in like what had been 10 years. Punt return for a touchdown to kind of put the nail in the coffin. Those are two memories that like... I, I. you can't you can't recreate that and I hope that in the future this season we'll have more memories to create in Folsom with what those what those guys had created too
3: and then with my with my final pick of this draft I'm gonna go through someone that probably went through more adversity than any other person did on that day of the spring game and I am picking Sereus as my third pick of my draft <laughs> oh that's nice. a good pick. That's a good. Based on, I don't think anybody else went through the level of physical exertion either on the field or in the stands than Sareys did. <laughs> you know why, Sam? Because I'm a dog, right? <laughs> yeah, you're not hard to find. No, Except got apparently. that dog in him. <laughs> not
1: that Except, day. That was not hard yeah. to find that day. That's for sure. Yeah,
3: and Rick George, we know you're listening. If you you've seen the video on Twitter, <laughs> I'm sure of Sareys crab walking down the stadium. He deserves season tickets in a section that he can not crab walk down.
0: Oh, come on I'm not gonna be injured forever
3: don't tell him that don't tell him that Rick. Rick
0: you've not, you've crazy of him, Sam really to good. uh take someone faking an injury but um you know moving on um I'm gonna go ahead and take someone who maybe didn't elect to come uh to Boulder but was there either way um Chris Fowler coming back home for the first time since I think I read 2006 um really cool to have him back the sad part is that he hasn't been back because uh, we haven't had a game notable enough for him to come back and call on the ESPN uh, primetime broadcast, but hopefully that'll change. It was really cool to have him. Um, I thought, you know, the format of having them on the field was really, really cool. Um, RG3 almost getting trucked, um, I think, by Montana Limonius Craig. So, you know, the guy on my team um, on a on a play, it might it have been Estes that almost hit him. But um, go ahead and give me Chris Fowler, um, the guy who always says his beloved Buffaloes, or at least used to on college game day. Um, the, the goat, um, as far or one of the goats, as far as I'm concerned, is um, CU alum. So that's what I'm taking. Man, Chase, you spoiled my next
2: pick here. With my third and final pick, We go with RG3. That 40 time was very impressive. Still just got it. MLC right there, man. Just untapped speed. That's what we need on my team. I mean, we already have Cordell Michael, Michael Westbrook. So we're we're going with fast for the team. You know.
1: Yeah, it's a good pick. Uh, all right, so I think with my final pick, I got to take the the guy that's still on our Twitter header, and take uh, Cheeto Woozy. He was definitely a legend. He's had a very good NFL career, and he's nostalgic for us in particular because of his his uh, status as a leader of that of that money gang defense in 2016. Let's go.
3: Did we ever decide? Um what these, what this draft is for, like, what are we having them do? So I feel pretty confident if the challenge is like, which team can build the best rocket? I think <laughs> I would like yeah, that. yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> who, who is your team, Sam? Uh, I'll do a, Pe- I'll do Peggy, Terrell Davis, and Peggy's the real one.
0: Peggy's the real <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, so to quickly summarize, we've got Topher with Mason Crosby, uh, Lovitz Kishnall, and Isaiah Oliver, We've got Sam, Team Rocket, with Peggy, uh, Terrell Davis, and and Sreyas um, from the Folsom Frenzy podcast. Uh, (laughs) My own team has Bacchiardi, uh, former CU great Montana Lemonius Craig, (laughs) um, and forever CU great Chris Fowler. Uh, Jake went ahead and took Slash, Michael Westbrook, and RG3. And Sreyas uh, closes out with Prime himself, Rick Ross, and Cheeto. So, you know, I gotta say, Sreyas, as far as, like, musical talent goes, your team definitely takes the cake. So it's Kind of team music versus team rocket building, hey, other than the other three out there. So. Coach
1: Prime also is an illustrious, had an illustrious uh rap career himself, exactly. yep. so don't
3: forget. Hey, I, you gotta check out the Strayus remixes. I gotta start working on that.
0: I should have taken Bucky, then I would have won. <laughs> uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, please give us a follow on Twitter, and Instagram. If you could give us a um review on iTunes or Spotify, or wherever you listen to the podcast, we'd very much appreciate it, um, unless you don't I like it. it as well, unless you don't
3: like it. Leave your thoughts in your head.
0: head. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, With that being said, uh, thanks for listening and we'll see you guys soon.